understand that behavior change is doable. It is so doable if you take it in a process. Today's conversation, I want to talk about how do you make a change. We talk a lot about X's and O's, how to eat better, how to move, how to sleep. We get into a lot of that, and again, you've heard many of our podcasts along the way, but what is the secret of change? A chapter four in my book, I'm going to talk about this as we go today, but I want to get really into the weeds about change because the longer I've been doing this, really that's kind of the the special sauce is how do you make lifestyle changes stick? And if you look at the diet industry, it's a struggle. People spend a lot of money. They want to lose weight, workouts, whatever it might be. But how do you make a lifestyle stick? And I think that's the challenge everybody faces. I want to lose weight. I want to have more energy. I want to sleep better. I want to be healthier. I want to get off my blood pressure medication, my cholesterol medication. But how do you do it? How do you make these things stick? So I want to begin with this. I write about this story in my book by Art Hope, and it was way back in the day, and so it kind of ages, but without getting into the too much of the weeds, that the story's about Grobwell Gromit. And it hit me, I've read this years ago, but what I loved about this story is that Grobwell is doing his normal life, and all of a sudden he sees up in the clouds, someone is going to kill you, Grobwell. And now he's all afraid, and he's running, he's ducking, he's hiding. Somebody's after him. Somebody's trying to kill him. But if you get into the story, really what's going on is Grobwell's killing himself. He has no self-awareness. He's not in tune. The stuff he's eating, his lifestyle, his stress, his lack of sleep. But there's no self-awareness. And at the end, he dies at age 54 at a young age, and his wife is crying, and and she's saying, I'm so happy that Grobwell died of natural causes. In reality, is it was his lifestyle. So I want to begin with five steps of sustainable behavior change. And when you get stuck, if you really drill down into this and you come back more and more, I want you to think about this. If you follow this plan, many times when I there's something in my life I want to change, I really go back to that. And it begins with the foundation is self-awareness. If you don't have the awareness, how in the heck are you going to change? We all have blind spots. You have them. I have them. So here's a couple. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Because as Grobwell, he didn't understand. He had blind spots, but he really wasn't aware that his lifestyle was the one that was actually killing him. So here's a couple of questions for you. How many breaths do you take per minute? That's an interesting question. So when we do private training, I ask that question, and many people have no idea. What's your resting heart rate? Again, a great indicator of stress levels. Are you getting a good night's sleep? I know when I was competing in a bodybuilding contest, if I was overtraining, my great indicator if I was overtraining was my resting heart rate would go up. So again, a great way to look at your fitness level, and are you calming the mind and the body? is resting heart rate. What is that? Ideally, you want to see that resting heart rate under 60, ideally. And the average United States today is 74. But if you see a resting heart rate, number one, you know, you know right away their fitness level is not probably where they want it to be. And number two, their stress levels could be high or they're lacking sleep or whatever it might be. What's your resting blood pressure? 
again, they all go together. If I'm breathing correctly, I'm probably going to have a good blood pressure. I'm probably going to have a low resting heart rate. How many ounces of water do you drink a day? That's always interesting. Or even, and this is crazy sometimes, I'll ask clients, we bring groups in, people are coming back into in, in live events now. I just was in uh, LA and I was in New York and and I asked these questions to the audience. Tell me how many hours of sleep do you get a night? And some of them scratch their head. They're not quite sure. When you go to bed, when do you get up? And it varies so they don't really understand how many hours of sleep they get a night. And then from there, how much time do you spend in a typical day moving your body? Everybody overestimates this. So is it 10 minutes? Is it five minutes? Is it every other day? Whatever is that. Do you consume omega-3 fats? That's why we like to talk about Kyliver. Most people, when you ask them, tell me what omega-3 fat you're consuming, they don't really know. Oh, maybe I get salmon once in a while, but they don't really know. And understanding omega-3 fats are great for brain health. They're amazing for heart health. They're a natural anti-inflammatory. So if you're taking an anti-inflammatory day in and day out, one of the worst things you put in the human body, get a bee sting, get a toothache, not a problem. But day in and day out, anti-inflammatories kill the body. That's what omega-3 fat does. That's cod liver oil. That's flax. That's chia. That's walnuts. And from there, how many hours do you spend on your tablets, electronics? Again, now we have things that will tell us where we're at, but... Step one begins with self-awareness. Are you aware of what's going on? And from there, I always ask my clients, let me ask you a couple more questions. How ready are you for a change? On a one to 10 scale, how ready are you? We just did a, a virtual event. The question I was asked, are you ready? On a one to 10 scale, how ready are you to make a change? Number two, what has held you back in the past? What is getting in your way? So that's how we start with the self-awareness. Looking back in the past, I, I wanted to lose weight, but why didn't I? What got in my way? Was I truly ready at the time? Maybe you weren't quite ready. Were you, were you able? Did you have the skill set? So again, that's where the self-awareness comes in. All right, step number two. What do you truly want? I ask my clients, I ask audience members, think about this for a second, give it a couple of minutes of really diving in. What do you truly want and get crystal clear? And I have to drill down many times to my clients like, I don't know if that's really what you want is to lose weight. I think there's deeper, it's a deeper conversation just losing weight. Because if you lose weight, is that really the underlying, let's dig deeper. So a big part of really finding out what do you want is drilling down, is that really what I want? Now, many times people come and they want to lower their blood pressure. You know, I'm on a, I'm on a blood pressure medication, a calcium channel blocker, angiotensin, whatever it may be. And I'll tell my clients, I'm like, let's talk about your blood pressure for a minute. And then if you start drilling down deeper, yeah, I don't really want to have high blood pressure. Well, I get that, but why? Why don't you want to have high blood pressure? Well, that puts more stress in my heart. Well, now we're talking. Now we're getting into why you don't want to have high blood pressure. Because it limits you, right? It limits your lifestyle. Again, it might shorten your lifespan, whatever it might be. But when now we start drilling down in, and that creates more of this why, which we're coming to number three. But first is, what do you want? So here's a couple more questions for you. 
Do you have a clear picture of what you like to change? That's an interesting question sometimes. Don't give me 10 things. What is the one thing you would like to change? Would you like to get a better night's sleep? Would you like to get have more energy? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Can you touch it? Can you taste it? What does it feel like? Again, getting crystal clear of what you want to change. Are you willing to look in the future a little bit? Are you willing to contemplate your future? So some of my clients are like, I don't want to get in this conversation. I'm like, if you want this thing to stick, we got to dive into it a little bit more because what's driving you to want to make a change? And then if we step back for a second, now we thought about it a little bit. I want you to, I want you to think about this. Many of you are driving in a car or at some time, but don't get too far away from this conversation. What are the three things you would like to change? I think we all, I think part of change is it's, it's, it's engaging, it's, it's growth, it's all these things that, but change is never easy. I mean, you got to get a little uncomfortable to change or you're not going to change, right? I look at thing, things in my life that I had to change is because I got uncomfortable and I got so uncomfortable that I didn't want to do this anymore, but I had to think about what did I truly want. So I want you to write that down. What are the three things or the one thing or the two things that you would really like to change and get really specific? Now, almost everybody that we work with at some point in time, they want to lose weight. And so I'll ask them, okay, you want to lose some weight? Get really clear. What does that mean? Well, I'd like to lose 20 pounds. Nope, that's not clear enough. What do you weigh today? Well, I weigh 212 pounds. Okay. What would you like to weigh? Well, I'd like to weigh 180 pounds. Okay, so now we're talking specifics. You'd like to weigh 180 pounds. Give or take, is that a real number? Is it 185? Is it 190? Is it 175? Where is that number? Let's get a strategy here, and then we put some timelines to it. And now they get excited because now they have a clear picture of where this could possibly go. And then from there, we, we will start getting into... The three, the number three is the power of the why, and that's the motivation, that's the driver. Now, listen to this podcast right now. This could be intrinsic motivation, again, or it could be extrinsic motivation. Extrinsic is outside of you, but something clicked in, and now I'm driving. The more I can get you to go intrinsically, go internally, that's where we get into the why. Because anytime the why gets outside of us, amazing transformation happens. So think about that. You know, I want to lose weight. I want to go to a class reunion. I get that. That would be more like, oh, I'm doing that for myself. But anytime it gets outside of you, the why, and that's the jet fuel. And the bigger your why is, and again, it's not, you can have a small why. I talk about the cat food story. I was speaking in Kalamazoo, Michigan years ago. These two women come up to me after one of my events and said, hey, I know you're all about this why. And I said, yeah, you know, I talk about it. She goes, we want to share with you our why. So here comes your story. The two of us want to lose weight. We both lost over 30-some pounds. Here, here comes the deal. And the, the deal breaker was the loser had to eat a can of cat food. Well, everybody laughs. They get it. They understand it. But that was their why. And again, I don't know about you, but I would not want to lose that bad of eating a can of cat food. But that would be more of an in, that would be more internal. That would be more internal why. But anytime that why gets outside of you, now I'm taking care of my family. 
I got grandkids, I, whatever. We both have both. Went to a class reunion last October. Many people were trying to get in shape. They're calling me up, this and that. I get it. Again, that's great. We went in a pair of a jeans or a pair of pants or whatever. I get it. But remember, the power of the why, that takes us and gets us out of the mud. I talk about uh, Joan's story years ago when she lost all her weight because she wanted to help her get on a motorcycle with her husband, Clarence. So again, when you think about your why, that is your jet fuel for change. And the bigger your why, and we always say this, your why's got to be always bigger than your butt. And if your why is big, then your butt's not going to get in the way. And we know what we're talking about from the butt standpoint. So that's number three. And then number four, we have to ask the question, how do you build a habit? So here's how you build a habit. In the mind, you have this thing called the, the conscious mind. Dr. Phil Nirenberger, one of my great friends and one of my mentors way back in the day. And again, we still do work together. And the guy's a gem. He's probably one of the top leaders in stress in the world. And we're talking about this behavior change one day, and we're talking about building habits, whatever. But he said, Chris, what you need to explain more about, how do you tap into the mind? The conscious mind is where your habits are made. And the comp conscious mind takes energy. So imagine this. If you're brushing your teeth, you're shaving, you're washing your arms in the shower, putting your shoes on, we don't have to think about any of these things. If we had to think about this, we would all be exhausted by 10 or 11 in the morning. But thank goodness, these conscious habits slowly move into the subconscious mind, and that's where our habits live. So the conscious mind takes lots of energy. That's why we're a big fan. That's one of our mantras, one step at a time. Build a habit one step at a time, because if you try to do many things, it's too much of an overload. So the next thing you know, here comes New Year's resolutions. I'm working out every day. I'm eating perfect in the center of the target. I'm doing this. It's not going to work because you're overloading the conscious mind. It takes too much energy. So if your goal is to quit drinking diet soda and you put diet soda up in the attic, that's going to be very difficult for you to execute that. If your goal is to maybe start drinking more water and I put the water in front of me, it's going to be easier to execute that habit. So again, the goal is understanding what you want and then how do you build a habit. And it goes from the conscious mind into the subconscious mind. And the last thing I'll say about the mind is this. We don't talk about the unconscious mind enough. And what is the unconscious mind? That's that amazing galaxy that all of a sudden something hits us. We're going for a walk. We're in the shower. Some amazing things happen. Creativity. But... To tap into the unconscious mind, you have to have stillness. And so a big thing when I'm really trying to work on change and changing my behavior or whatever thing I'm trying to focus on, I have to have some stillness along the way so I can tap into that unconscious mind. So remember, a habit takes energy. If you're trying to drink more water, you got to create support systems around you. That's a big part of it. That's not the conversation so much today. But you have to build habits and you do them one step at a time. And I can't say that enough. If you can build a habit, it gets into the subconscious mind. Now we don't have to think about it. I get up in the morning, I open the refrigerator up. There's my cod liver oil. Hits me right in the face. I've set it up. It's right there. That's my cue. Here's my habit. Okay. The reward is I have less inflammation. My blood work looks better. My skin's better. All the rewards come in with the habit. So again, it starts with the cue. 
And then we go into, you got the, got the trigger going on, we got the routine down, and then we move into the, the reward. So that's how the habit circle or habit loop works. So again, a big part of that is what do you truly want and how do you build that habit around it? It begins with a cue or the trigger, it begins with a routine, and then here comes the reward. So I didn't start drinking cod liver oil because I thought it tastes grated. I wanted to have the reward down the road of having better blood work, better inflammation, better brain health. My, my, whole, my mom's side of the family has all, all sorts of issues with brain health. So again, that was my reward down the road, or hopefully it's down the road, but I had to start out that thinking about how do you build a habit. And the last one is you have to have the courage to monitor. You have to have the courage to monitor. I call it all the time when you think about it is... Let's look at feedback as the breakfast of champions. Not always what we want to do. Whether it's my know your numbers, it's your blood work. What's your resting heart rate? We talked about blind spots. We need to have that feedback to see how we're doing. Can you touch your toes? Can you hang from a bar? Can you do a perfect push-up? Again, these are things I always look at my clients. It's like flossing. You know, years ago, we we're talking about, I was talking about building a habit and so forth. And I was asked to speak at the National Dental Association. And before I do this, I go to my dental hygienist. And you know what's going to happen. You know where this is going. And so my dental hygienist says, hey, I hear you're speaking at our national conference. What are you going to talk about? I said, well, you know, I kind of thought about this today coming in. Give me some skinny. What should I talk about? She said, why don't you talk about building a habit of flossing? And she looks at me and I look at her and we both start to smile because she knows I don't floss on a regular basis. It's great for heart health. It's great for overall health. It's great for my gums, my teeth, everything. But I am not a flosser. So, And you can't lie to your dental hygienist about flossing, right? So I said, guide me. Help me build this new change. And she said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to floss twice a week. So I start flossing twice a week. I said, is that enough? She said, you don't floss. It's a great start. I said, okay. So I'm flossing two times a week, sometimes four, sometimes almost every day, but I'm building a habit at least two to three times a week. So I go to this National Dental Association. I'm on stage, huge audience, great opening. And I tell about this flossing story. Now I'm a new flosser. The audience is getting crazy. They love it. Dennis stands up in the front row. Believe it or not, he stood up. He said, I got to tell you, Flossing twice a week doesn't cut it. You need to floss every day. And the whole energy in the room just completely evaporated. And I start, thought to myself for a second, and I thought, you know what? That's not, that's not the answer. The answer is I started building a habit very slowly, and I slowly am getting better at it. And so I threw it right back in his lap, and I said, hey, let me ask you a question. How often do you exercise? And he says, I don't. I said, what if you went for a 10-minute walk a couple times a week? You think that'd be a great start? And I got an email from him, a true story. I got an email from him about six weeks later. He goes, I got to tell you, you've inspired me to start moving my body. I'm walking on a regular basis. I'm stretching. I'm actually seeing a trainer every other week to do strength training. I'm now into this stuff. That's what I want you to think about. But it all began with you know, what do you truly want? And then you build a habit. What are your spine spots along the way? But then you have to have the feedback. And the feedback is next time you go to your dentist and you're flossing regularly, 
you know right away, the dentist can tell you, or the dental hygienist can tell you right away if it's a working or not working. If I'm working with a client, I give them some homework, I make it so simple, and I'll say to them, when we come back, I will go through this, and I will know, I'm your dental hygienist, I will know whether you're doing your homework or not. Now, I'm not trying to be that guy. I want you to be intrinsically motivated, but also I want them to understand the feedback will share, will show you exactly what's going on. So if you are walking on a regular basis, you're probably going to have a lower resting heart rate. If we're doing some strength training and you can hang from that bar or you can do a modified or perfect push-up, we will know that's getting better. Maybe your back flexibility is improving because we're doing these certain stretches. So again, we're going back to what do you want? What were your blind spots? What's the why? What's the driver? You want to be able to pick up your grandkids because you can't have a bad back. And then we learn into this breakfast of champions, which is your feedback. All right, so here's a couple questions before we wrap this up. Do you monitor your body weight on a regular basis? And I, I don't really recommend monitoring it every day. But maybe it's once a week or maybe you have a belt or a pair of pants you have somewhere. But are you paying attention to it? How does somebody gain 50, 80, 100 pounds? There's no monitoring going on. So we need to have some measurement, and a big one is your body weight. Do you check your blood pressure on a regular basis? I highly recommend. I really like, there's a lot of blood pressure medications you can buy online. Very expensive. Paramed is one that I recommend. We have nothing involved with that. $35. It monitors, it's automatic, it measures your resting heart rate and your blood pressure. And again, you can see how you're, you're breathing. So a great feedback loop is if I'm doing my diaphragmatic slow breathing, my resting heart rate will go down and my blood pressure will go down. Great way to get that feedback. How many breaths do you take per minute? Again, feedback. Try this. If you practice this on a consistent basis, if you're working your diaphragmatic breathing slow through the nose, you will see your breasts naturally come down. It's not a hard thing to do. How many hours of sleep are you getting? Again, be more aware of getting the feedback. Are you dreaming when you get up? Before you get out of bed, before you step out of bed, pause for a second. Have you been dreaming? If you're dreaming, you know you're getting good REM sleep. So again, big part of that. And last but not least, we talk a lot about posture and alignment. We have videos on our website. Can you stand against the wall with your arms overhead into a full body wall extension? So these are feedback loops along the way because, again, this is a great way to help you understand what's working and not working. And, I, and I've told this story before, but I'm going to share it with you, and then we'll, we'll end with this. But a handful of years ago, I used to love to watch the, 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 the reality show The Biggest Loser. I thought, it was, I thought it was fascinating. Now, did I agree with what's going on? Not really, but it was fascinating the drive people had to win. And the game that was played, it was a game. And they interviewed Eric. Eric won The Biggest Loser, $250,000, instant overnight success. And at the time of The Biggest Loser, he weighed 416 pounds. He got all the way down to 198 pounds, lost to over 200 pounds, won The Biggest Loser. They're interviewing him a year and a half later. In the interview, it is live. I'm watching this on a, I remember it was on a late Saturday afternoon. And for some reason I found it and I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. They're interviewing this guy a year and a half later, 18 months later. 
And they started asking him some questions about the ranch and how he loved it, how he was driven. He was so driven, he wanted to win this thing. But then they started asking about practices and where he is today. And he came back and it really started hitting me. They had no idea how to pivot. He really didn't know how to eat. He thought he had to exercise five hours a day. He thought he had to eat 1,500 calories a day. He just couldn't sustain it. Of course, of course he couldn't sustain it. But that's how he lost his weight. That's all he knew. He didn't understand how to pivot. He wasn't really taught a lifestyle. He was taught a diet. And then they asked him how much he weighed. He said, well, I don't really know how much I weigh, but I know I've gained a lot of weight back. So remember, he got down to 198. So they're asking him how much he weighs, and then they have the scale. And this is raw. And you can see the anxiety of him approaching the scale. And as he steps on the scale, he weighs, two, he weighs 412 pounds. He gained all his weight back. And then he's got these big puppy dog tears coming down his cheek, and you see the sadness. It was tragic. But in his mind, he, he believed that he had to work out five hours a day. He had to eat 1,500 calories a day. It was not sustainable. And 198 pounds for this guy was probably not even close to being where he should be. Maybe it was 250. Maybe it was 275, but it sure wasn't 198. So he didn't have a lifestyle that he could sustain over time, but he had no feedback. And feedback is the breakfast of champions. If I would have been coaching him or somebody on our team was coaching him, we'd go back to a more normal lifestyle, teach him how to pivot along the way. But again, when we people are learning how to diet, they do everything is drastic. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to work out all the time. Reality is we're trying to create a lifestyle that's this big loop. So again, as I repeat this, as we monitor, go back in, in time here, understand that behavior change is doable. It is so doable if you take it in a process. Step number one, you have to learn, understand self-awareness, and do you have blind spots? We all do. So step back for a second and think about some of the self-awareness you need to ask yourself. Number two, what do you want? Get crystal clear of what do you want. And you might want to write this down. What are the two things I'd like to change in the next 60 days, in the next 30 days? From here, we need some driver that keeps us going. And remember, extrinsic motivation could be a great jump start, but eventually we move into intrinsic motivation, and here comes the why. The larger the why, again, we can have a small why, we can have a large why, but the more we get internally and really dive into people's motivation, why do they really want to do that? uncovers the why. And remember, anytime the why gets outside of us, amazing transformation. Number four. Now we start building a habit, and you do a habit one step at a time. It begins with a trigger or a cue. We turn it into a routine, and then we have to pay attention to the reward. The reward will come. Remember, we talked a lot about the Chinese bamboo tree. Again, behavior starts slowly, and the rewards start to... And the next thing you know, I'm craving, I'm craving energy. I'm craving the way I feel. That's what you start seeing over time, but it begins with... The conscious mind, which takes energy, once the habit starts to get hold, it moves into the subconscious mind. Now I'm doing things I'm not even aware of. I got my oatmeal on the run. I get up in the morning. There it is. I take my cod liver oil. I maybe take my wheatgrass. I have my bag at the back of the door. These are things we're just building these habits along the way. What's my sleep look like? How do I get ready for sleep? These are all habits that I develop, you develop. And then last but not least, we have to understand 
the feedback loop. We have to have the courage to step back and be truthful with ourselves. Sometimes it's, it's scary, it's a little uncomfortable to do that. So again, I wanna talk about behavior change today because we do a lot of blocking and tackling at Ontario Living, how to eat better, how to move better, how to get better sleep. But at the same time, how do you develop these habits that you can repeat and love over time? And as I wrap this up, a little housekeeping. Again, our, our comments that you guys have been sending us, you like the podcast. Remember, we got Workout Wednesdays. They're coming out every week. We just did a, a live virtual conference. When I say live, we taped it, but it was also uh, actually live event. We just completed it today. So again, we're gonna be doing that probably in the fall again. We have retreats here. We do online coaching. We have lots of stuff. But a couple of things I wanted to share with you real quickly. If you decide you want the new Rusty book, Rusty Move book, I took two years to write. If you don't have it, if you order from our website, you get the audio included. If you've already ordered it, but you didn't get the audio, reach back to us. We will send you the audio version. It's 13 and a half hours of, of yours truly talking about this. So again, many times it's easier for you to consume that way. We have brand new packaging on our shop. So really, we're really excited about our new labeling. Our cod liver is yellow. Our a smoothie blend is like a, a turquoise. Our cacao nibs is like a chocolate looking color. So we're really excited about our new packaging. So check that out. Also, we have new bars. Traverse City, Michigan. These are fresh, live food bars. We have four flavors. So again, if you haven't checked those out before, it's a great snack. Again, it's a food bar. Most of them are 300 calories. It's good carbs, good proteins, good fats, but it's a live food bar. Really excited, made here in Traverse City, Michigan, getting back to the source. So with that being said, again, thanks for spending time today. Remember, you have the power to feel your best. We'll see you next time.